This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 41. In this episode, the moms share the first part of their interview with Blair Lee, author of Real Science Odyssey, Chemistry 1, and Biology 2, and Homeschooling Moms, and give away a set of Biology 2 ebooks from Pandaya Press. <laughs> Honey, where's my glasses? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 17 minutes, 33 seconds. And we'd like to let everyone know that we're trying out a new format for our show today, and we really want your feedback on it. We've decided to move our main topic to the spot right after Chit Chat. But don't stop listening, because all of our regular topics are still right here after the main topic. So after you listen to this show, be sure to drop us a note on Facebook or drop us an email and let us know how you like the new format. So we're going to have to start off today's show on a bit of a somber note. Mike Ramirez, who is our guest on show number 39, speaking about being a work-at-home homeschooling dad, passed away on March 12th. We here at Savvy Homeschool Moms will miss his humor, his geekiness, and his passion for making education fun. So to honor Mike's memory, we're asking our listeners to do a few things. Do something creative. His motto was, create or die. Get your heart checked. It's never too early. Hug your kids a little longer. Listen more and make learning messy. And lastly, if you feel like you would like to make a donation to his memory, please visit mjtribute.poshandposy.com, and that link will be available in our show notes. So on a lighter note, um, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Well, Rogue Festival is over, and I made it through. Yay. Um, Had a blast. It was fantastic. Uh, saw a ton of friends I only get to see once a year. Got to see some really great shows, including one where a woman literally wrapped herself up in sod. It was kind oh. of interesting. It was a, okay. um, an experimental <laughs> art piece. Um, and it, I, it sounds really weird when you talk about it, but when you were there in it, it was fantastic. I mean, it was really great. And she has the best personality ever. She was just super bubbly and sweet. Loved it. And uh, I basically loved every minute of Rogue. It was fantastic. And I can't wait to do it again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we here at Guest Academy are watching and loving Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, we watch it on Monday, uh, not on Sunday evening, and we talk about it. And we are just loving it. It is fantastic. And um, it gives me chills every time I watch it because I remember watching the original Carl Sagan uh, version and um, it's so exciting to have something like that to share with the kids. So and cool. also, I really, really need to get <laughs> on the ball and watch it. We're like you do. three episodes behind now, I think. Yeah, because there's been three episodes, so there'll be <laughs> another one tomorrow night. So get on it. I know. It's really like I would I'm say you forward to it. Watch it as a family, like you guys do. Amazing yeah. Race. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's really that good. And uh, for those of you who are watching it, um, I don't know if you're uh, aware or not, but there is an iPad app that goes along with it. Well, not everyone has iPads, I know. But <laughs> if you have an iPad, there's an app to go along with it that um, shows clips and goes into more detail on things and stuff. It's really quite awesome. And later on in the show, when I talk about my link of the week, I have even more Cosmos-related information for you. <laughs> um, the kids went to Grandma Linda's house uh, during the first weekend of Rogue Festival to let mommy have some uh, mommy time. And while they were down there, uh, they, uh, Grandma Linda gave Jack a kit to build catapults. Hmm. And I know you don't technically need a kit to build a catapult, but <laughs> awesome, awesome kit. Like, it oh. makes, like, the best catapults ever. And so the kids have been having a lot of fun doing target practice across the room with their little matching catapults. And um, she also gave him a kit to make one of those PVC pipe marshmallow shooters. Oh, fun. Which, of course, he promptly took apart and then used it to build two of them so that his sister would have one as well. Aww. And then he took that apart and he's been building all sorts of interesting things with it. So, it's kind of, you know, it started out as like this one trick pony. It makes a marshmallow shooter. And Jack has just been making all sorts of crazy things with it. So, that's been a lot of fun. 
Um, the wild bird rescue people came to our charter school and showed us some really awesome birds. And uh, I have to say the best part of the entire thing was uh, one of the kids in the front row, I think it was Arthur, Yeah, <laughs> uh, held eye contact with that red-shouldered hawk too long and like, yeah. screamed at him. <laughs> yeah. That was so, I wish I was videotaping right at that moment because that was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, when else are you going to get to hear something like that? I right. mean, red-tailed hawk feeling threatened. <laughs> um, and, oh, Danny's been drawing a lot lately. Um, she's enjoying the Zen Tangles book. I don't know if you know about Zen Tangles or not, mm-hmm. but... No. Well, I started posting some of Danielle's drawings on Facebook, and someone had mentioned that they looked a lot like the Zen Tangles. So we went and picked up that book, and it's um, this really neat book to make... I don't even know how to explain it. Just really intricate patterns and things. And, you know, that's what Danny's been doing lately, is drawing a lot of, like, Celtic knots and... Uh-huh. and um, optical illusion kind of drawings and so the Zentangles book is really uh, feeding right into that which is kind of awesome oh neat yeah um, I haven't seen my own sharpies and I don't know how long but <laughs> it's worth it she's putting out some really really awesome pieces of artwork that she's really proud of so that's kind of cool too yeah, and um, I'll put a link to the um, Zentangles website uh, on the show notes so if anyone else has a kid who is interested in drawing those sorts of things they can take a look at it too Oh, I bet Tyrion would like that. He's uh, he's into j- making like really intricate drawings when he does draw, which isn't very often. Mostly robots, but he does like all the little little tiny details. It sounds like something that sounds like something like that. I mean, I saw one of the drawings that Danielle had done that had like lots of little details and designs, right? Yes, all of, most of hers do. Uh, the um, they I really like the the first one that I put up was kind of very Lovecraftian and it was very kind of creepy looking. But the the last one I put up it literally looks like you're looking kind of down a tunnel and then all around the tunnel is all these different patterns. It's it's really awesome. Yeah, that might be good for Tyrion. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, definitely. What have you guys been up to? Well, you didn't mention the Mardi Gras parade, so I, I will mention the Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> I didn't. That's right. Oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> the Mardi Gras parade was a blast. We went to go watch Becky and other people in the Mardi Gras parade um, <laughs> having a blast. The theme I, was superheroes. I had the time of my life on that float. I tell you what, I I was <laughs> Jubilee from the X Men, and all of us rogues were X Men characters, and um, I got to ride on the float, which was really awesome, and I, I had so much fun. Like, there's that one picture of me, and I'm literally, like, smiling so hard that my cheeks hurt because I was having so much fun. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun. We uh, we had never been that far to the beginning, at the beginning of the parade before. Last year, we were, we were a little further down, I think. And normally, we go, like, near the end of the parade. So, oh, boy, you guys were right. It is better at the beginning of the parade. It is. People are still really enthusiastic, and they, they give you lots and lots of beads. Tyrion got tons of beads, and Maven got so many beads that she was able to actually take them back home and make um, crafts with them. And uh, she hot glued them, made designs with them and stuff. It's really cool. I have pictures that I've been posting on Instagram. Um, I think I put it on our Instagram. Cool. Um, and if not, I know I have them on on my homeschool room page, so I have to look on that after we do the finish here, so I can see where I put them. I know I put them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Some really cool pictures. Oh, I know on the homeschooling with art that page. I've been posting them there. So if you guys are on the Facebook group homeschooling with art, that's where I've been posting all her art projects. So let's see cool. what else. Um, uh, the kids had just recently started, they've done two weeks so far, um, a, a homeschool cooking class, which we've done before, but the last time they did it years ago, Tyrion was too young, and so it's really cool because he gets to participate this time. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun. They're having fun. They, t- they took this week off because the family had to go on vacation, so we had to feel kind of lost without it for a week. So we're going to be back again next week, though, and that's really fun. And Tyrion has started a drumming class. Oh, my gosh, he's having so much fun. He is definitely showing uh, an interest in all things drumming right now. Cool. <laughs> it's so cute. He's like, Mom, Mom. I got a great video of him playing the drum set last week. <laughs> he got to do, um, at the end, they open up the classroom and they let p- parents come in and they show, they do a little tiny short demo of what they learned that day. And the classes are only like 45 minutes long. So. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> so they do a little demo and Tyrion was got to sit at the drum set for the demo and because they're teaching him conga drums. They do all kinds of shakers and last week they did something, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the thing where you look, sometimes you see them, they look kind of like a fish and you, you take a, um, 
they're bumpy and you take oh, a yeah, 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 yeah. on them. I can't remember. She said the name of them. Tyrion would know, but he's not here right now, so he's outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, anyway, they do some of that and they do they do shakers and they do um, uh, maracas and that kind of stuff. Fun. Very cool. Um, yeah, and it looks like they're going to get, you know, it keeps building, of course, and so I'm hoping that by the time he's done that he'll be really interested in it so we can just keep on going and taking more lessons. So I'd love to see him really trying to find the thing that he really you know maven's always had art she's always been so into art i haven't really found tiran's thing yet yeah i know that feeling (laughs) i really do know that feeling i want to find his thing whatever it is i don't care what it is i just want to find what his thing is and let him you know really keep putting stuff in front of him to make him um you know to not make him but to help him along that path that he will you know go wherever he goes with it so (laughs) but that's what i'm trying to do here but oh yeah so far he is loving it uh, let's see. And Maven on the uh, <laughs> on the speaking of Maven's passions, Maven is just amazing me more and more every day. Practically, she is just exploding with her creativity. Still, all, lots of art projects. Like for a while after the after Mardi Gras, it was all Mardi Gras bead stuff, and then she just really got into because they did the um, what do they call it needle needlework class needlework, yes at Eleanor Roosevelt, and they um. So she got really into crocheting and knitting and sewing, and then she started doing wire and beads, and lately she's been sewing with beads. She's, like, making oh, cool. things sewn onto, so she's doing kind of embroidery. They did embroidery recently, and she decided to put beads in with it, so it's, it's like, really cool. And she figured out, she taught herself. She didn't know how to do it. She just kind of made it up, and wow. it worked. She figured out, you know, sewing it down once wasn't enough. You kind of had to put an anchor into it. You do, yeah. Like, the whole row afterwards. And it was really cool, <laughs> and she just figured that out. Yeah, for um, a while there, Danny was like embroidering anything that that couldn't run yeah. away from her. It was like <laughs> every every piece of fabric everywhere had to have patterns and designs on it. I love that. I just love seeing the kids just get really passionate about something. I don't even care what it is; just get passionate about something. Yeah, you got it. You got to do that. It's just yes. really, really good for them. I think. Um, and she's also been devouring books again. I cannot believe she. I got her the. Um, well, we'll talk about it when we get to books. But she, I got her the series, and there's I, it was eight books in one, and she read it all like in a couple of days. <laughs> it was like one massive book. Wow. <laughs> and then yesterday, I was telling her no, a couple of days ago, I was telling her that what I'd noticed. I can't remember why I stumbled across it, but I found out the series that she absolutely loved that she used to say it was her favorite series of all time. I don't know if it still is this Wandla series. Um, that the third one was coming out in May, and she goes, "Oh, I gotta go read the first two again." So she <laughs> <laughs> I checked it out, and she says, "Yeah, she's just." like in a day you know like she'll sit down and read a book in a day or less than a day like in a couple hours sometimes depending on the book but it's crazy she's just devouring books again i love it and then she'll go like for a span of time not reading anything because she's in between books and i haven't gotten my butt in gear to find something for her (laughs) that's my job to keep putting stuff in front of her right (laughs) um let's see oh and then i watched a video recently I got kind of irritated by an article, but then that led me to watching this video about this adventure playground. Did you see that I posted that? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. So the article was about how, oh, God, nowadays parents are, you know, we're we're too protective of our kids. The whole article is about how we're, you know, back to the old days, kids were allowed to do yada, yada, yada. You see these articles all over. Oh, yeah, of course. All the time. And, you know, I'm sure there is, there definitely is some truth to that, but I get so tired of seeing it. I'm like, you know, everybody... Everybody thinks that their generation did a better job of parenting than the next. So it's like, give us a break. We're doing the best we can. My theory so, is when you know better, you do better. So Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's a different world now. So there's there's a lot more vying for our kids' attention. So anyway, <laughs> we're, maybe we're more over- overprotective, but I think we're more present in our kids' lives more now. So for good or bad, I don't know. But I don't think we're all doing a bad job. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> So anyway, that led to, because the, the whole thing, the article was around this um, this uh, mo- documentary that's coming out, that they, they had a Kickstarter and they got the, they got funded. So they're going to be making this this pr- um, documentary called The Land. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's all about this event. Well, I, I think they're going to be talking about adventure playgrounds in general, but they're specifically focusing around this one in Britain. And apparently Britain has a lot. In the UK, there's a lot of little adventure playgrounds, quote unquote, you know. And um, basically, it's where kids can do anything they want. Um, mm-hmm. Build. I mean, they have, like, it looks like a junkyard is what it looks like when you look at the pictures. And, um, and they like, they have, they do have a couple of, 
adults on the premises just in case something really gets out of hand, but in general, they don't interfere. They allow the kids to build fires. Um, I think they have a specific area for the fires. I don't think I they hope. just set fires all over the place. And they have, like, you know, wooden pallets that they can build with, and they have tunnels, and they have... They'll do things like they'll bring a bucket of, like, the adults will bring a bucket of, like, they had this one video that I saw where they bring in a, a bucket of um, these wing nuts, like, really big nuts and bolts and they had like wing nuts on them and they were really big and they just take the the bucket and they stick it in one of the holes that the kids have been digging and just let them do what you know and they'll find it when they find it and do whatever they want so i really like this idea and then the more i was watching this there's nothing like this around us yeah and i don't know if i'd want it if it was because i do still have safety issues because i am still a parent but um the whole thing about it is that kids taking risks that um they they they're it's it's good for them to take risks and that they rarely get hurt at this playground even though you know parents would probably be um all up in arms by the lack of safety (laughs) but it would be hard for me it would be it would be hard i mean there's a lot of it i'm totally fine with it uh, but there are certain elements of it that i would be uncomfortable with so but anyway i was thinking there's so many little elements of this playground that we could totally do in our backyard (laughs) so that like inspired me to go into my backyard which has been a wreck and we haven't the weather's been beautiful but we haven't been outside we hadn't been outside for a while because the yard's completely overrun with weeds and just a mess and we have a really big backyard so i it's really sad um i just don't have the energy and then after watching that video i got the energy and i was like i'm gonna clean up this yard and so i've been posting on my (laughs) on my facebook page about how i'm like cleaning up the yard and i made a dirt area for the kids and so as i speak as i'm looking out the window right now both of my kids and my husband are sitting out there digging in the dirt and building tunnels and I don't know what they're doing but they're playing in the dirt they're all digging out there working on a project of some kind and ever since I got out there and started clearing the weeds away and told the kids my plan was to make them this dirt area they have been out there every single day in fact they got up before I goes out of bed a couple of days they were up and they were out there playing and then it rained one day that was fabulous and we were out out there under our big mulberry trees and anyway all this to say that we're having a blast with our yard now (laughs) so that's like uh, completely taking over our lives right now is this yard and I have this fabulous sand pit that completely is disgusting right now because it's full of leaves and dirt and uh, and you know because it's supposed to be a sandbox and mm-hmm. cat poop and you know right, right. <laughs> so I need to scoop it all out and redo, re- redo the whole thing um, so I, it's a lot of work out there but I'm having a blast out there getting stuff done and the kids are getting out there and they're digging with me and the and Tieran was helping me pull away all because I had a big pile of of pruned branches out there that we had to cut up and put in the green waste and yeah it was like that's our whole lives right now is the backyard it's so (laughs) much fun we're having so much fun with it love it awesome yeah okay well now we'd like to have a word from our sponsor this episode of the savvy homeschool moms is brought to you by moving beyond the page the homeschool curriculum that i use for science social studies and language arts I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. So today we're joined by Blair Lee, who's a homeschooling mom and author of Real Science Odyssey Chemistry 1 and Biology 2 from Pandia Press. Welcome, Blair. Hi. Hi. How are you? So glad to see or not see you, huh? <laughs> <Hear> you <laughs> today. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how many kids do you have? How old they are? And how long you've been homeschooling? I have one fourteen-year-old. Uh, I have three stepsons who are all twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and thirty-one. Oh, so, my. yeah, but I only have one. Uh, 14-year-old. I've been homeschooling since he was in. So I'm going to use grades, even though I know, you know, because it's because then people understand what it means, but it doesn't really, he's all over the place. Yeah, Uh, he is. (laughs) Just like most homeschoolers, he's in eighth grade now. So I've been homeschooling for uh, eight years. Wow. And when he was about two years old, I read a copy of The Well-Trained Mind and it spoke to me. Mm -hmm. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. And so I shared it with a couple of my friends whose children were, they started school year before him. 
And I got cold feet and I put them in a regular kindergarten, even though they homeschooled their children. It was really funny. I talked them into doing it, but then I didn't do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an early reader. I read when I was three. He started reading, just naturally started reading when he was three. Mm-hmm. And so he was the only person in his entire kindergarten. He was just ahead of everybody and uh, in reading. And because then it was No Child Left Behind, not um, Common Core. And so if you had one child that read and 12 children that didn't read, the other, those 12 children got all the attention. Mm-hmm. They had to, right? So he, and he's a really easygoing kid. So basically he spent a year coloring. Oh, wow. And with the teacher saying, okay, um, Sean, don't answer, my son's name is Sean. Sean, don't answer this question. <laughs> Everybody else can answer it. And I was oh, helping no. out the class. I said, you know, I've got an issue with this. And so she had Sean start helping teach kids to read. Oh. And which is good, kind of. But she, I actually, <laughs> she actually came to me one day and she, she said, uh, we travel a lot and we had taken a three weeks to Costa Rica and she we came back and she said you know he jumped more in his reading level in those three in reading levels in those three weeks and he has ever since this was about four months into school starting she said I why don't you homeschool (laughs) this is his kindergarten teacher she's like you're a stay-at-home mom why aren't you homeschooling him you're really good I watch you work with the other kids and so that's how it started and um we Came down, and so when he, we were living up in Mammoth, and he was on a competitive ski team uh, until September this year, and there was, um, and that worked really great to be homeschooling and doing that, and he was really injury prone, so he oh. had to quit skiing, really, one, uh, he, oh my gosh, so oh, injury prone. And so uh, we, there's just wasn't a lot for a homeschool kid. He started here. I've got this 13 year old that started to feel like he didn't have any friends that he had anything in common with because they all went to traditional school and I was worried. So I, we moved to San Diego, which is where we're living down in San Diego County now. Mm -hmm. And here, well, in Orange County and San Diego County, the homeschool scene rocks. It rocks. Yeah. It's really awesome. So, um, that is where we did I answer your questions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, even, yeah, definitely. even even answer my next question. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. So um so do you follow a classical? Um, then are you okay? So this was the problem. <laughs> classical. <laughs> I, if I had been taught using the classical method, it would have been the greatest thing ever. Uh-huh. Uh, I gave birth to this artistic dreamer, and almost right away he started balking at using the classical. Uh, and so we, now I, I, so I taught community college um, before I had him. Uh, I gave birth to him the day before I was supposed to administer the final. Oh my uh, God. He was early. He was two weeks early. And so I had been teaching. And so I thought a lot about education in all that time because I would get these kids in my college classroom both as a graduate student teaching at UCSD and at community colleges. And I, you know, I really started to think about how science could be taught differently. And so, um, I had to start thinking about how I could teach him differently. And so I just started thinking about how different subjects should be taught. Some lend themselves really well to a classical approach. Um, my books, as you can see, I believe completely in take teaching um, uh, a single subject in science. Um, I think there's no other sub, you know, you, I don't, I, it's kind of derogatory, but I don't like this mattering approach at all. A little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh, means you're the master of none. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because you don't, because you don't get the basics, you don't connect all the dots. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we use, um, uh, I get in trouble with my friends who are unschoolers whenever I say I unschool anything because they swear I don't even really understand <laughs> it. <laughs> but I think I unschool in the craft of writing, but everything else is really, it's a mix. I believe, like, so I like to relate all my subjects. Um, I cobble together my own uh, curriculum every year. I use a mix of sources. My son, now that he's 14, he helps me figure out, uh, particularly in history, is the thing he's been the most vocal about, what he wants to learn, mm-hmm. how he wants to learn. He's sort of a, 
uh, he really enjoys politics, and so he he likes to get into that side of things. So, uh, um, yeah, I've got uh, um, an article coming out that deals with this uh, in the Homeschooler magazine called "A Handcrafted Education." I was laying in bed one morning, dreaming about thinking. Well, laying there thinking, "Oh, I want my favorite Starbucks coffee," but my husband had already left. And I was like. <laughs> So I have to get up and drive to Starbucks if I want this coffee, and I didn't want to get out of bed. So instead, I started thinking about education, and I started really. <laughs> that makes sense. Perfect. Homeschoolers. <laughs> well, yeah, as a homeschooler, I'm still in my pajamas in bed. I'm thinking about education for sure. Uh, I um, education. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I um, was like, you know what? That's what homeschoolers do. We handcraft yeah. educations. Like yeah. we're like the baristas of the baristas of the homeschool yeah. world or of the educational system. And so um, I got into thinking about how it done the homeschooling done right. Just per, if you get it just right, you handcraft somebody's education. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I've really my son. It was never a question for me that he was going to college, right? I'm a, uh, I have a bachelor's and master's in college. I loved college. I taught at college. Like, my kid is going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it didn't, and it's becoming less and less, but, you know, there's a, to me, it feels like there's a bias of, about from college. It actually, in particular in science, but there's a real bias in academia about homeschooling even though most educators uh, don't understand homeschooling at all, they they haven't taken yeah. the time. They've got it's there's really without even knowing it, they stereotype all homeschoolers. Oh, sure. um, and so uh, I I was at a talk. Uh, so he was on a ski team, and so I was at, the, at a talk given by um, somebody that was with the U.S. ski team to the parents of kids who were on the ski team. Uh, so it was a big group. It was at Mammoth Mountain. They have a big ski team. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, what to expect in the season going forward. It was the opening season talk. And people were complaining about the fact that their kids who were these competitive skiers couldn't find the time to do, um, do school and skiing and that it was too bad schools didn't value what they were doing. And this guy from the U.S. ski team said, there needs to be a revolution in education. And I raised my hand and I said, there is a revolution in education going on. It's called homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. (laughs) We are, and, you know, I'm constantly telling people, there's this group of academics, people who are homeschooling their kids for academic reasons Mm -hmm. um, because they want their kids to have a more academically rich uh, education and experience. And so I use a methodology that fits that. Whatever will work for that, I, I believe in a liberal arts, uh, strong liberal arts foundation. I think if you're going to send your child to college, well, I think everybody should have it, you know, because I'm in science and so I see a lot of people blow science off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and which enables politicians to politicize issues in science that shouldn't be political at all right, right. Mm-hmm. um you know i mean it, it just drives me nuts when people talk about they don't believe in global warming but <laughs> global warming is why our planet is can even support life they right, don't right. even get what that global warming means what they really mean is they don't believe climate change is going to be a problem they don't believe you know so um but people aren't don't get a good education in science. So you can't really blame them for not having the tools they would need. And so I, right. I totally got off track there. That's okay. <laughs> we like Talking to go with that. <laughs> hey, we can relate completely. <laughs> anyway, so methodology and education. Yeah. I'm really oh. passionate, passionate, uh, into it in the, I want to write a book about handcrafting and education. I want to help people, realize I want people I want to give homeschoolers the tools to like when people say derogatory things about homeschooling I want homeschoolers to say I am handcrafting my child's education I am not leaving the most important thing you know I mean really you're an adult for much more time than you were a child and the most the thing that as an adult that um, is the most empowering thing you can have as an education because it increases your options. 
yeah. it's all about options. And so um, homeschoolers bring a lot to the table when it comes to um, increasing the options of this generation of children that are going to one day rule our country and you know, make decisions. The world. We, <laughs> right, we give this eclectic, um, you know, I, I think it's awesome that I homeschool one way and my son goes to a writing group and other people homeschool different ways and all right. these kids are bright and talented mm-hmm. and we're all doing different things. Those kids have so much to bring to a discussion. Much more than a public, you know, I don't want to bag on traditional school because I use some of the tenets of that mm-hmm. in my homeschooling. Um, my son has a, when he didn't want to learn math at 10, I said, well, that's really too bad. Because <laughs> 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 um, you have to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and fought almost for an entire year about it. and But it just didn't matter. I mean, I so I, I really you know he doesn't if there's something that's a part of a liberal arts education that he doesn't want to learn it doesn't matter he's right. learning. Uh, you know that's my philosophy um so uh i'm exactly yeah. the same way as you it's like i don't care that you don't want to learn this you're going to because you need to know this <laughs> yeah and, and so for me it's not just going to college that's what i was going to say it's not just going to college it is that um you know what? I don't care if you don't go to college. If you are a, if you don't know the science, you can't make your own medical decisions. Right. You, you know, you, one of the number one causes of death in, in when once people are being treated is they is they get mixed up about their medicines. Well, that's because a lot of people can't even understand the medical jargon that goes into their own medication. Or somebody has type two diabetes, they can't understand what they need to do to become healthier mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they don't have the basic science tools. And so that is sort of made me really look at the importance of a liberal arts education. Sure. Not not just in science, but in all areas. Right. I mean, there's just certain things that they need to know to, you know, survive. Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, you know, as a scientist, I don't like other people telling me, you know, how I, the, the facts. When somebody states facts, I... Uh, I love my phone. I Google it right away to make sure I agree. <laughs> yep. Where did this information? My son will tell me something, and I'll say, where did you get that information? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Where did that study come from? Yeah. Is yeah. that a post that's circulating on Facebook? <laughs> that's me. I, I'm constantly, I probably annoy people to death, but they post stuff on Facebook, and then I go look it up, and I go, uh-uh. No, no, no. This Snopes. is the truth. <laughs> At the very least, Snopes. But I'll even go deeper than that yeah. sometimes if I can't find it on Snopes. And I'm like, and I've had people like, they'll go, thank you. And then they immediately delete their post. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, we usually like to ask our guests what their typical day looks like, even though we know that it's kind of hard to answer because typical days don't really happen. But like if you had a really good day, you know, it was going not perfect because never nothing ever does. But if you had a really good day going, what was your what would your typical homeschool day look like? So we do we have a rather we're kind of I don't want to say regimented, but we have a schedule. So okay. Sunday, my son goes to UCSD from ten to four. There's a computer um, program there. I'll plug it called ThoughtStem. It's amazing. Uh, and he spends all that time learning how to code. He loves, he uh, is learning how to design websites, write the code to cool. design websites. That's that what cool. he, I did not realize, I tried to get him to learn to code a few years ago and he hated it because, and what it turns out is that he likes to code to design things. I didn't even know there was a difference. There's two kinds of coding and one is a type of coding where you write this and then you get this pick this representation, this graphic representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a really artistic, creative type, um, and so that. And then Monday, he we get on the road Monday and Wednesday, and we drive from San Diego to Orange County because there is a there's some classes up there that when we first moved down here, somebody turned me on to, and so uh, unfortunately, I 
not unfortunately because they're great, unfortunately because it means I drive a lot mm-hmm. on Monday and Wednesday. And so we go up there and he does writing and art and then we come back down to UCSD on Monday and he goes to app development at he's just got totally into computers, um, mm-hmm. as you can probably tell. And then cool. and then Tuesday, Thursday and Friday he gets up and he does school, and we have, those are the days he has language arts, which is writing, spelling, reading, and um, grammar, and then we do math and foreign language. We're both learning Hindi because we oh, fell wow. in love with, cool. oh my God, we fell in love with India. I have to tell you about that. And and then, movies. <laughs> oh, we do, but uh, we spent a month in India. We love wow, it. We cool. fell in love with it. And then um, he does uh, science and history. Uh, actually, history we do in the car. We do a Coursera course in history that I downloaded, and we do that in the car on Monday and Wednesday when we're driving. And then um, he does um, any coding-type homework he's got. And then, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So it is actually kind of a regimented schedule just because we've got – but it works Because otherwise, him. yeah, well, otherwise we can't do Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. Right. 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 Oh, Wednesday is when I teach my biology co-op. And then I do, he takes a writing class, biology co-op, and um, 3D Studio Max class on Wednesdays. Wow. Cool. And, yeah. What was the name of the program they uses on Sundays? You said Fox? Fox thought, thought STEM. Oh, thought. Like thinking. Mm-hmm. Thought. Gotcha. Thought, thought STEM. STEM. Okay. And well, then the STEM is all up for case. Yeah, yeah okay, it's okay. just a San Diego program, but oh man, it's good. Uh, and um has learned a lot; they're pretty awesome. Uh, and um, yeah, oh, oh, so my biology co-op. Do you want to yeah. hear about it at sure, all? Sure, of course. So when we moved down here, we decided uh, he wanted to take some classes with other kids. So I started looking around, and he, I, he. We somebody said, hey, you know, there's this group in Orange County that's trying to get uh, a science co-op going. So I contacted them, and they they were having trouble getting a scientist. And so I said, oh, uh, no, I w- I can't teach science. I I'm writing a textbook. I don't and I don't want to teach a bunch of middle schoolers science. Um, and then and so it was a middle school high school group. I said, no, I don't think so. And they could not find anybody. And so I said, you know what, I'll teach it for my son. Mm-hmm. So I have been teaching a biology co-op, and I have not done it yet. But I, on my blog, I am going to put some posts for anybody using my book to teach a biology co-op because it's a bit different teaching out of the textbook. The textbook was written for for one or two students, but it's not written for a co-op. And there are certain um, things that we've been able to, that we've done in the co-op. We did this, so when we did the um, sense, the uh, sensory organs in the anatomy and physiology mm-hmm. section, mm-hmm. I the lab was really short for that uh, chapter. And so I talked to the kids for about 30 or 40. It's a two-hour each co-op. It's once a week for two hours. And so I will talk to the kids for about 30 minutes. But then you need a lab that's going to go an hour and a half, not longer, and really not much shorter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I came up. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to have the kids design a lab. So I divided them into groups. And they and I gave them, you have to write a lab on the sense of touch one group and then another group the sense of taste and another group the sense of smell and uh one of the groups decided that they didn't want to work in a group so we ended (laughs) up with five labs and i got two of the parents to come in and great it was like a mini science fair it was so awesome cool and so yeah like most of the kids went online and found a lab and then made a variation to it Mm -hmm. But one of the kids, two of the kids designed their own labs. One designed a suit, really, really original lab. It was a lab. Uh, he had the sense of taste. And he designed a lab looking at how salty and sugary solutions affect your sense of taste for all other things. Huh. Was, however, as a part of the lab, they had to do data analysis. They had to do data collection. Uh, and 
he did not, he lost, he had the, the kids thought that was the best lab, but he didn't do anything but design this really cool lab. <laughs> he didn't do the rest. And so oh, the no. parents had to give him zeros in those other areas. And so it was, it, that was a lesson in and of, of itself. Yeah. It was like, you can't win. It wasn't, it wasn't about winning because every, because I gave everybody chocolate. That was the prize. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, it was really a lesson in, um, uh, how you would, you know, what you would need to do in the scientific method. It doesn't matter how great one part is, you need all the parts. So it's kind of cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's totally cool. And, um, and I do have high schoolers in there, which my textbooks are not high school textbooks, but, um, I have the high school students do. So that's the other thing I want to talk to people about is, you know, you get these different levels of ability in a co-op class. So, you know, I, I give extra work for the, the older kids get harder assignments. I have, I ask more of them and, you know, I have them read extra papers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, so I, as we have found out while talking to you, you wrote the Real Science Odyssey Chemistry Level 1 and Biology Level 2, and you sort of touched on it, um, but can you go into more detail about why you decided to write a science curriculum? So I, my husband and I were on our way with our son. We're, when he was in second grade, we, in May of that year, we went to Ireland. On the way to Ireland, we stopped and stayed with some friends of ours who's got one of the girls that they went homeschooled before my son and I said to her so what does chemistry look like for third grade because we were all using the well-trained mind she said well it's not that great it's a collection of experiments and I said okay first of all if all you're going to do is use experiments get a cook out and use that right because then at least your child has a skill that's sort of my thing uh, all theory with no labs why bother this is science get up and move around but all labs with no theory, it's just, why bother that either? You need them both. And if you've used my books, you know, what, the part I call the theory is the text where you explain it. And then you um, have labs that uh, ter- both Cherry and I, um, I haven't seen the new text, the physics textbook that is um, they're working on right now. Mm-hmm. But Terry and I both worked really hard to pair labs with our text. It's one of the things I think that that is one of the strongest things in the Pandaya series is how what a good job we do writing, designing our own labs um, to go with the text. And um, I said to her, my friend, I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I would do this and that and this and that. And she said, um, well, that's really great for somebody who's a science professor to tell me what to do. But, you know, what about the rest of us? So we went to Ireland, and the whole time, we went to France for 10 days, and then Ireland for three weeks, and the whole time, every day, I talked about what I would do for chemistry for third grade, and my husband finally said, why don't you write a book? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was really tired of hearing me talk about it, and so I said, that's a great idea, so I went home and started writing it, and I was only writing a booklet for my son and uh, this friend of ours. And I got about four chapters into it and said, you know, I think this is pretty good. So I sent the four chapters. Oh, and I was going to write the whole thing, but I just happened, it's total serendipity, I just happened to be talking to somebody I knew kind of, were acquaintances, whose husband is a college professor at Berkeley who whose ex-husband, who writes science textbooks. And she said, you don't need to write the whole thing. That's not how science textbooks are written. You write the first four chapters. You have enough. And then you shop it, because if nobody likes it, why do all the work to turn this into something that could be, you know, that can be sold like that? Just keep it as a booklet. Mm -hmm. So I sent it to three publishers on Friday, and Sunday Kathleen got back to me. Or Kate, who's the uh, publisher for Pandaya Press, yeah. got back to me and said, um, hey, I, I've been looking for somebody to write chemistry for a long time. I would love to have you write it. And that is, well, it, I, then it took a little time to get out because my husband, who owned his own business in printing and marketing, uh, but not a writer and not a scientist, said, what about self-publishing? And uh, it turned out, oh, that that was not going to be a good fit. I, because I don't 
want to market books. Like I, Kathleen does so, I'm so lucky to have a publisher. Um, people, people that self-publish have to do all the work, not just write. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it, honestly. Um, to put out content and do all the marketing, it would be crazy. Especially since you've seen my books. Uh, they're, they're huge. Yes. I, I, you know, I'm not writing a booklet. I'm writing a book. A textbook. It well, yeah, is the, a, like the, a full-on, you know, everything you need kind of textbook. Right. It's the biology between the teacher's guide and the textbook is over a thousand pages. Yeah. I, and to have to write that and then spend the next few years marketing it, I couldn't. I, I couldn't do it. So I got picked up, and um, it's a. It's been a perfect fit, like a perfect fit. And Kat and Kate said to me, um, "I think you should. What about biology too?" So I have a bachelor's in biology a bachelor's in chemistry from UCSD and a master's in chemistry from UCSD. And I taught chemistry in at community colleges in San Diego and I taught human heredity. So in California, uh, that's the only state I know of. If you, and I think biology might be the only uh, degree, area that you can do this in, but if you have a chemistry uh, master's and a biology bachelor's, you can teach biology at community college mm-hmm. so like chemistry you have to have a chemistry master's and physics you have to have a physics master's so it's um uh but so i got lucky in biology uh and then but because i had gone as a graduate student and undergraduate to ucsd my earth and space area that how i know enough to write about that i um which is the book i'm writing right now earth and space too uh i most, uh, so Scripps Institute of Oceanography is affiliated with UCSD, and I took a lot of um, courses as a graduate student at Scripps, and my graduate research at, in chemistry was in soil chemistry. I did a really cool uh, environmental soil chemistry project. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So we hope you enjoyed our interview with Blair Lee. We really enjoyed talking to her, and you can look forward to the second part of that interview in our next episode. And to celebrate having such a great interview, Pandia Press is going to be giving away um, one set of Biology 2 ebooks. That would be one teacher's guide and one student text. And so you can enter that contest at our website, SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 41, on our Facebook or on Pandia Press's Facebook page. So get out there and enter today. So now it's time for our books of the week. Becky, what have you guys been reading? Let's see. Danny has been powering through these warrior books. Um, <laughs> she finished up the Warriors Power of Three series uh, with uh, Long Shadows and Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And now she's working on Omen of the Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's finished The Fourth Apprentice and Fading Echoes. And she's working on Night Whispers. <laughs> and I imagine she'll be done with that one pretty quick. It's only taken her this long because she literally was on a wait list for it for a little while. Oh, otherwise, they're hate very that. popular. They are. They really are. Tieran's actually showing an interest in them now too. He saw that there's a, a wolf series and a bear series. So, yes, we might yeah, I saw those. those. We might be getting those for him next. <laughs> very cool. And uh, Jack Jack has been on a cars and tanks kick. Imagine that. <laughs> um, he got a book about tanks from the school's Osborne book sale, and um, he has the eyewitness books about cars i don't know if you you know the eyewitness books oh i love those yeah fantastic information oh. great are those dk as a dk or is eyewitness different they're no those are dk readers they're dk that's what i thought okay. but the series is eyewitness books gotcha mm-hmm. we love those books they're so wonderful and then um he's gotten several more lego books including <laughs> the lego adventure books by megan rothrock and build your own vehicles by mm. any guess Joaquim? Joaquim, maybe? Yeah. I think it's Joaquim Klang. My apologies, Joaquim, if that's not how you pronounce your name. Not that you're Yeah, because I'm not but sure, but yeah, that's a good yes. try. <laughs> um, and those are fantastic. More, you know, ideas on what you can do with the, the Legos you already have and stuff. We love those kinds of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I powered through The Scorch Trials and The Death Cure by James Dashner, which are book two and three of the Maze Runner series. Mm-hmm. And I am currently working on The Kill Order, which is the prequel to the Maze Runner series. Uh, me and me and Heather Hilscher have been having a lot of fun talking about those. <laughs> she gave me a great list of new dystopian novels that she's read. And I'm a huge fan of the dystopian novel, as I've probably oh. mentioned a hundred times. <laughs> 
Which is why I powered through them, because I had to know what was going to happen. Oh, right. Yeah. And then you get to the end, and you're like, dang, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that way, because like once I finish the kill order, I'm on the wait list for Divergent and Wool and a couple of other books. And I'm like, you know, number 16 out of 89 oh, no. for Divergent <laughs> or something. And so it's like, uh, once I finish this, I'm going to have to find something else to fill in the gap. I know, what to do, what to do. I, I hate that feeling when you're in between, or just, just coming down from that high. It's like well, really I, hard. I did. Um, I uh, got my credit for um, from Amazon for the Kindle thing. Do you know about uh-huh. that? Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh, uh, there was a, a class action lawsuit against um, ebook people huh. like Amazon um, for price fixing, huh. and um, they they won. And so a whole bunch of people who bought uh, New York Times bestsellers and stuff during this certain period of time got a credit back on their account. Oh, nice. And I only got like $6 and something cents because I'm more of a check them out of the library than I am a buy them from right. Amazon kind of gal. Mm-hmm. But I had bought at least two because I got some money back and I used it to buy uh, a book about unschooling. Hmm. So, Oh, wow, uh, that's interesting. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so cause Danny, Danny was expressing an interest because some of her friends are unschoolers and I probably won't be able to let go of everything, mm-hmm. but maybe we can talk about letting go of a few things. So I may just pick that up and read it after I finish the kill order just so <laughs> I don't have like that hang time of not having anything to read. Was it a John Holt book? Um, I don't know, but, um, while I talk about Hollow City, I can look okay. it up. <laughs> um, so I also finished Hollow City, which was the, um, the next book in the series, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, mm. um, by Ransom Riggs, and, um, also a fantastic author who I absolutely adore, and I highly recommend both of those books. I finished House of Batori by Linda Lafferty, um, a gothic suspense horror kind of novel. I'm not quite sure how historically accurate it is because, you know, anything about Elizabeth Batori is going to be kind of iffy, mm. um, but it was pretty good. <laughs> and I am currently listening to Brave New World um, by Aldous Huxley. It's read by the fantastic Michael York, who you might remember from Cabaret. And he was also in Logan's Run. He was Logan in Logan's Run. Um, He's got a fantastic voice, and it's so fun to listen to him read this book. And he does voices, and he actually does them pretty good. Does he have a a British accent? Yes. (laughs) And currently that book is available on audible.com. So if you want to check it out, go through the link on our website. Yes, please. (laughs) Audible.com. And the book that I got on unschooling is the Unschooling Handbook, How to Use the Whole World as Your Children's Classroom by Mary Griffith. Yeah, that's a different one. But yeah, I've heard good things about that one too. Um, But if you wanted to read the kind of the Bible of unschooling, anything by John Holt is is really good. Okay. Really gets you to understand what the heck they're talking about. Because I'm I'm like you, I can't let go of it all either. But there's a lot, there's some subjects that you can, that really lend itself. Science is one that really lends itself to unschooling. (laughs) (laughs) But but I digress. (laughs) We just had this conversation. Yes. If only you guys could read our conversation. I know. We're not talking to y'all, but <laughs> so Tina, what have you guys been reading? Um, let's see. Together, we have finished the Penderwicks at Garden Street um, for our second time, and the Penderwicks at Point Mouette. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce French words. I never took French, so I don't know if it's Mouette or Moyette or M O U. It's got an e at the end, so you would pronounce the T's. Moyette. Okay, Moyette. But I didn't know how to do the O-U-E. So, more yet? Okay. Well, anyway, that. The third book in the Penderwick series. <laughs> there you which, go. Which was the first time that we'd read that one. So, we had read the first and second before, but we re-re- reread them and finished the series off. So, very, very, very good um, series. Uh, let's see. That's by Jean Birdsall. And then we started The Throne of Fire, which is the second book in the Kane Chronicles by Rick Rorden. Now, many people may know him by from the um, Percy Jackson series. Yes. So this is his other series. That one is, for, I haven't read those yet, but I think those are the Greek pantheon, I believe. Yeah, Poseidon and, and yeah. Right. And so this one's Egyptian. Cool. So this is all Egyptian gods. Very cool. It's like these kids that are magicians. And yeah, it's just really, it's the same idea, but it's really, really good because we love ancient Greece, uh, ancient Egypt. So anyway, uh, let's see. Maven read The Time Traveling Fashionista, which is book one in a trilogy. I think it's a trilogy. Um, 
by Bianca Turetsky. She mm-hmm. decided she didn't really like it that much, so she didn't. I got her all three of the books um, because Cindy had recommended it because uh, Brooke really, really loved it. So um, I got it for her thinking uh, it's time travel, so she'd really like it. But the whole fashion aspect of it, she was not into at all. So she decided it wasn't wasn't for her, so she stopped the series that, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and then she powered through all eight of the del toro quest series by emily rada i I cannot even i got the one book with all eight of them like i mentioned before and she just like i think it was just a matter of a few days and she got through all eight of them i mean they're the many i mean they were able to put it all in one book because each book is not very big but still it's just like wow that's still pretty good Right, and then she also, um, as I mentioned before, we found the Wandala series is, um, the third in the series is coming out, I believe it was in May, um, and so she powered through the very first book of that series again, which is a really big book, although it does, she says it has a lot of pictures in it, but um, I hate when they do that to chapter books. <laughs> Really? It's like sometimes it's cool, but I don't know. It just seems like it takes away. Like I want to picture it myself in my head. I don't really want to see there. Although it is kind of fun sometimes to see. Like when you go to see the movie, it's interesting to see how they how they um, interpreted some of the things that I had in, in my head. You know, but I don't yeah. know. I prefer without pictures. So, but anyway, she loves it though because like one of the characters in there, one of the aliens, is like looks like a gigantic like elephant sized roly poly bug. <laughs> like a combination of an armadillo and a, a really pulley but elephant size <laughs> bizarre it's, re- it's really cute <laughs> she keeps showing me the picture mom look how cute he is <laughs> <laughs> anyway um let's see so she finished that one and now she's on the wait actually i don't think there's a waiting list right now but she's waiting for the second book um, in that series to come in so she's not reading anything right now but that should probably come in pretty quickly hopefully I don't think there's a waiting list and then Tyrion finished Rowan and the Travelers which is the second book in that series by Emily Rada and then he started reading Rowan and the Keeper of the Crystal which is book three um, and then he stopped <laughs> he does this to me all the time I'm like aren't you reading that book it's due at the library I renewed it for him and he still hasn't picked it back up again so hopefully yeah. I can stick it in front of him a few more times and maybe <laughs> I think I, mean, I need to institute our, our quiet reading time again we, we do that from time to time I've been trying to do that more often but so do that and he'll probably pick it back up again he says they're really good books he really loves them in fact I think I told you he was on um, Skype with Jack yesterday and he was telling Jack when you're able to read Jack you need to read the Rowan series yeah <laughs> <was> so cute <laughs> peer pressure I know I was funny I wanted to say so you should read it too <laughs> 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 and me oh, you will not believe it I've actually gone through um, the Be- Benjamin Franklin and American Life I think I said mentioned before I was listening to that by Walter Isaacson which was a good book it wasn't like a oh my gosh I can't I can't stop reading can't list, stop listening to this kind of book but um, it was interesting I learned a lot about Benjamin Franklin cool it got so many good reviews I had to go check it out um, and then I listened to Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn which mm-hmm. is like a bestseller or whatever and oh my gosh disturbing but it was good it was really good <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those books that leaves you like, oh, <laughs> I don't really like the way that ended. <laughs> so I got to go back to a happy book. But <laughs> um, and then uh, I got um, the book Scream Free Parenting from the library um, by Hal Edward Runkle. Not because I scream a lot, but because I'm intrigued by how do you not scream. <laughs> and uh, and it's not really about screaming. It's about a lot of different things. So, um, But so far, I mean, already, like, I started listening to it, uh, like, two days ago, I think. And immediately, like, he drew me in. So I'm, I'm waiting for the tools. I'm like, you better give me some tools here, buddy. Because <laughs> he's, he's got, like, I'm still listening to all the whys and what you shouldn't do. And, you know, and, and I agree. And actually, I already knew a lot of what he's saying. But, um, but it's like, give me some tools, buddy. <laughs> so I'll have to let you know how that turns out. Because uh, by the end, I'm, hopefully, I'll have some actual tools I can use. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that's what I'm reading right now. I'm listening to. I don't actually have time to sit and read these days so i listen to them and that works really well for me awesome while i wash dishes <laughs> and do errands <laughs> yeah. so. well um so now it's time for our links of the week 
And so, Tina, what link would you like to share with us today? I have a really cool link called All About Bird Biology. It's the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And the link is biology.allaboutbirds.org. And the link will be in the show notes, of course, which will be at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash, are we at 41? Yeah, 41. (laughs) Forward slash 41. Um, anyway, it is all about birds, obviously, and it's an interactive website. So, like, if you go in here, I'm, like, scrolling through it right now. There's this, there's a section called Choose and Animate, where you get to explore feather types, and you, and then animate their microstructure. It talks about how feathers are built. You can launch how feathers are built, and you launch that, and you open it up, and then you get to, like, look at different feathers, and then, like, uh, tail feathers and wing feather what's this one a wing feather and a contour feather so i didn't even know about all these semi-plume feather and then the, it talks about all the different a- aspects of the different parts of the feathers and and then there's like uh sections about the science of birds anatomy behavior evolution ecology and conservation um there's inspiration it says birds do amazing things find out how and why Feature the jaw-dropping diversity from your feeder to far-flung forests. That's that's the thing. Like, I've been really into birds for a long time, and that's the thing that really gets me is, like, the diversity amongst bir- birds, you know, from the little tiny hummingbird all the way up to the um, ostrich. You know, it's, right. like, crazy the difference in all the different birds, you know. So, anyway, this is a really cool website. It's got slides and videos and articles and tons of interactives, and uh, I highly recommend it. You could get lost in this site. Cool. So, I need to show this to my kids now. <laughs> looks like a lot of fun and then you, if you end up going back to the Cornell Lab, Lab website because this is like a section of their website um, there's all kinds of stuff on there too <laughs> all about you birds can actually, you can actually sign up for a thing where you do bird watching for them oh cool I can't remember I did, the kids and I did it a few years ago you commit to bird watching for like an hour oh, a yeah, day they want to log they want to yeah. log what birds you're seeing yeah. in your area yeah it's kind of cool very very and, cool um, and that was neat. We did that, uh, like I said, a few years ago, and we really is that the Christmas bird count thing? No, or is that different? It's different. I think it was that. a spring bird count that oh, we okay. did. Because there's a Christmas one I know that's on the internet. I can't remember where, but I'll have to Google it and find out. But there's a Christmas bird count. I think that that's like a big thing that they do all over. But I don't know if it's these guys or if it's somebody else. But anyway, the one I did was specifically with Cornell because I totally rec- oh. I recognized the website when you um, when you posted it on the the show notes <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's just really cool i mean seriously get lost in this website there's so many cool things just Fine. click on and look at okay well um on a completely different topic <laughs> my web uh, link of the week is uh www.space.com this Simple. is uh yeah it's easy to remember mm-hmm. um this is a, a nasa website that um talks about anything and everything you might want to know about space so the reason I chose this as my link of the week is because it has a lot of information about the Cosmos show. Awesome. So if you want more um, in-depth stuff about what they're talking about on Cosmos, you can visit space.com, and they actually have information about upcoming episodes, things that they talked about in past episodes, and all of that kind of thing. So it's really awesome. And um, in looking at it today, I found out that Patrick Stewart is going to be doing a voice. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm such a geek. <laughs> oh. Join the club. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about Patrick Stewart doing yeah. the voice of William Herschel. He uh, discovered oh. Uranus. Oh, cool. So that's kind of cool. I love so, it. You, you said it the correct way. <laughs> I did, yes. I, I, I have forced myself to start saying it that way so I could teach it to the kids correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that my kids would anyways because I don't know if they would put those things together. Uh, my would. <laughs> I would because their father would. Uh. <laughs> But anyways, check out space.com. It's got gorgeous pictures and um, all sorts of fantastic information about anything and everything you might want to know about space. And in their space.com store, they have Doctor Who stuff. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was kind of awesome while I was poking around in here and playing. So, um, yes, that's my link of the week. Very cool. And now's the time for our listener recognition. So from Facebook, we had a wonderful um, message from Emer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Emer. I'm sorry. I even looked it up to see 
because she's from Ireland to see how you would pronounce an Irish name like that. So hopefully I did it right and didn't massacre it, but I apologize <laughs> in advance. So she says, hi, Savvy Moms. First of all, a long overdue thank you for all your wonderful podcasts. You're welcome and thank you. Each one is a treasure. I listen to them in the car and every time tell myself I must thank you and it has taken me a year to get around to it. That's okay. Better late than never. (laughs) I love the mix of your different personalities and the banter at the beginning, which I find as encouraging as I find the subject matter at the end interesting and useful. Thank you very much. I am a homeschooling, home cooking, home birthing, home building designer I don't know if it's Mammy or Mommy. I'm not I sure why. It's Mammy. Mammy of 22-year-old college, of a 22-year-old college student who went through the school system, a 13-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy, sorry, 13-year-old girl, 10-year-old boy, 7-year-old girl, and 5-year-old boy. That's a lot of kids. That is a lot of kids. <laughs> we live in rural seaside Ireland. Our nearest homeschool family is an hour drive away. Oh, no. Wow. That's hard. But I bet it's gorgeous there. And you all have gorgeous accents, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Gratitude and admiration to you both. Well, thank you so much, Emer. Thank you. We appreciate it so, so much. We should interview her. I would love to find out what it's like homeschooling in Ireland. That's a good idea, and I would love to hear her accent. Yeah, so if you're listening, <laughs> yes. and you, are you were even slightly interested in being interviewed for our day in the life, please contact us, because we'd love to talk to oh you. Oh my gosh, that would be fabulous. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got an email from Trinity. I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say hi and that I've been enjoying listening to your show. I have a five-year-old daughter who's been attending a Montessori school for three years and is getting ready to graduate to the next grade. We have been happy with the school, but at her request, we have begun to revisit the idea of homeschooling. On top of that, the annual tuition of nearly $6,000 and the need to make a decision right now, I've been forced to kick up my studying into high gear. Wow, $6,000. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to you that most of what I've come across has a religious base, so it totally made my day when I found your show. Thank you for your hard work in putting all of this together. It's been incredibly helpful in helping me get the ball rolling before the end of the school year. You're very welcome. Yes, and thank you for the nice words. That's yes. very nice. From iTunes, somebody named KJ0 blah, 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 bunch of numbers. Okay, <laughs> we'll, call it, we'll call him or her KJ. Said, great for even the semi-secular homeschooler. Hi, ladies. I discovered your podcast when I was still toying with the idea of homeschooling, and it has been fantastic. I have a five-year-old and have started homeschooling kindergarten after a terrible experience with a private Christian preschool. I am semi-secular in memory of the old SAT. I am to Catholic what the Olive Garden is to real Italian food. (laughs) (laughs) I've been using a box Christian curriculum, but I found your podcast a great resource for expanding our learning. I love the chit chat at the beginning and feel like I'm listening to old friends in a non creepy way. <laughs> Keep up the great work, ladies. Well, thank you so much, thank KJ. You. That is very, very nice to hear. And it's always nice to hear that we um, are appreciated also by people of different beliefs. So that's wonderful. Yes. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make it for everybody. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Well, I think that was everything for this episode. I think so. So I guess if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms, on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool, and on Instagram, we are Savvy Homeschool Moms. To drop us a line with your questions or comments, you can email us at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com or if you have a microphone, you can leave us a voicemail on our site by clicking on the Send Voicemail button on the right side of any page on our website. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our About pages. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a great week and come back and take a break again with us next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. Wink of the, wink of the leak. <laughs> <laughs> Author of Real Science Odyssey. See, I already have a blooper. <laughs> Let's try that again. Take two. <laughs> Geocentric model for the universe is correct that is that is the model that says that earth goes around did i say geocentric heliocentric (laughs) (laughs) for a moment there the title content the homeschool content um that doesn't sound right hold on (laughs) 
the homeschool content, it's all homeschool content. Because <laughs> all of our regular things are all are going to be right after. <laughs> Darn it, I was so close. <laughs> yeah. So after you guys listen to this episode, let us know what you think of it. Drop us a note on Facebook or send us an email. Hmm, no, that sounded terrible, huh? <laughs> You're going so you're on a roll. I know, I and then I like blank out on what I was gonna say. Okay. Uh, I know that feeling. <laughs>